Bolton McGee for TKD. Folks, this is Mo and McGee bringing you the strategy that you need. I tried to rhyme there. The need just doesn't. Mo McGee strategy, it all fit. I needed one more word. And, just and just one more of, to hammer it right there. Yeah, not a poet, Kevin. Never claimed to be. So, um, strategy episode. I think we can both uh, agree this is our probably favorite episode of of the week. Hopping down the bunker, talking about some buyer sells. Um, Kevin, I know you probably want to do something. You said you're going to do it every episode. Just go ahead and get it over with. I, I, I beat Mo in the uh, <laughs> Mo versus B, McGee Mega Bowl. Um, it feels great. Um, I, I'm, like I said, I'm in a victory lap. Maybe even next week I'll come back and be like, hey, I know I lost again, but at least I beat Mo last week. We'll see. All right. Well, now that you got that out of the way, let's talk about some buyer sells. Since we have a longer season this year, we do have a couple extra weeks of trading uh, built into that in many fantasy leagues. Um, let's talk about a guy who came back from injury, a hugely popular, high draft pick, uh, George Kittle, Kevin. Um, if you have George Kittle, what are you doing with him? And then if you don't have him and maybe you're weak at tight end, is this is a guy you're trying to buy up? You know, I, I think that actually... if Kittle's the guy that I'm selling, and and here's why. If I have Kittle, I've probably had to find another option at tight end. Um, so presumably, I found at least somebody that I know can get me by week to week. Um, and I don't like like predicting injuries. I think people that say that oh he's injury prone, I think 90% of the time that that's a load of shit. Um, but with the way George Kittle plays. Um, the way he's out there blocking and like he's, he's given it his all every play and he's just shown that he can't necessarily withhold or, or withstand um, the, the, the grind that he puts on his body um, week to week. I'm probably selling him. Um, I don't want to have a hurt tight end for the, the, the fantasy playoffs. So if I have an opportunity where I know I'm weak at wide receiver, I know I'm weak at running back. I'm taking this 20 point showing saying, hey, Kittle's back, come get him, and I'm upgrading that other position and filling in with the guy that I've had um, in the weeks leading up to this. Yeah, and we've mentioned a few uh, decent tight end guys that you can go out and and look for. I mean, heck, if you have George Kittle and and you can look on your waiver wire, ooh, Logan Thomas is sitting there. Let me pick up Logan Thomas. You ship out George Kittle for for whatever you can get for him, and you can ride that wave. We I, I say this a lot, Kevin, but you know how many more games of twenty points do you th- realistically think he has in him for the rest of the year? Two, three, Probably, you know, yeah. if Probably he's healthy, if he's healthy, maybe a little more than that. But uh, you're right that the shoulder worries me a lot, which was banged up last year, and now he's getting some lower body injuries. As a tight end who you mentioned loves to be physical, uh, it does worry me that, you know, we're seeing so many knicky-knack injuries build up. Um, so you're right, probably sell. I, I like him, and I don't think there's enough really good tight end options out there where um, if, you, if you were a guy who can't find a Logan Thomas or maybe didn't get lucky with a Dalton Schultz and you've been schlepping it with, like, 
Tyler Conklin and, you know, guys like that. Uh, I think you probably have to hold on to him because there's not many other guys that are going to get the targets that he's getting. Um, Kevin? Yeah, let's keep it moving. Um, We're going to move on to uh, Devin Singletary. Buy or sell um, with Zach Moss out. Yeah, so Devin Singletary is a guy I actually really like. Um, so I follow Rotoviz. It's a it kind of it's the website that um, you know got the zero running back strategy into the mainstream. Uh, they go through so many different metrics. Uh, you know, rushing yards above expectation, all these different things. They go back to their college explosion rates and things like that. They have loved Devin Singletary since he's been in the pros. They have constantly recommended Devin Singletary to add if you're doing a zero RB strategy. And now that Zach Moss is out of the picture, um, I think he's very viable in fantasy, and I'm buying him, and I'm hoping and praying that the guy who has him has maybe stashed him down beneath his bench. And uh, you can say, hey, Devin Singletary, I'll uh, trade you George Kittle for Devin Singletary. And, and, you know, that might be a pretty good trade for you if you're you're running back needy. Yeah. So I'm buying him up. I'm with you. I'm buying him as well. I think the elephant in the room is people saw how good Zach Moss was in stretches, and they think, okay, Singletary will fill in here for a little bit, but then Zach Moss will be back. I think that's the general consensus, and it's worth buying him at as low a price as you're probably going to be able to get him. You're going to be able to rent him for a week or two at minimum, and if he does well, he's going to cut into Zach Moss's load. They're not going to let him you know, have a couple good weeks and just totally cut him off. So I think it's a good opportunity to take a little bit of a chance and you know, buy on everybody else's low price. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the 36-year-old wonder. We were going to talk about him at some point, Kevin. Adrian Peterson, all day. He's back. Scored 9.6 fantasy points against the Rams. A really good defense, right? Um, got in the end zone, which you know changes the outlook of, of the score. Um, he was probably the number one waiver claim in, in every league this week. If you have him, if you're the person who was spent the fab or happened to be number one waiver claim, are you saying, hey, look, shiny RB2 here for you, dangling out his trade bait, or are you holding on to him thinking that this could be you know, a valuable role uh, in Tennessee? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely dangling him out there. So I can see the argument where he gets 19 snaps, um, and you know that, that's coming off of a very short week where he didn't really get an opportunity to get super antiquated with the offense. And you can argue that it's going to go up from there. But if you watch the game, Donta Foreman looks a lot better than Adrian Peterson. I think it should be Foreman getting those carries. Um, And before Mike Vrabel realizes that, I'm going to dangle out Adrian Peterson and say, hey, exactly what you said, RB2, you can can have him. Just give me a, a little bit back here. Um, because, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily seeing it in the cards for Adrian Peterson to um, be a big blow-up guy. Um, I think you can sell. And you can spin it. Oh, my gosh. With, with, with coming off that short week, you can 
totally talk a narrative into somebody that that's you know I just have too many running backs. Uh, I got I got to dump AP here. Look at AP I, here. You got ten carries off the bus. Yeah, yeah, and then it's only going to go up from there. They're only going to get them more roped into that offense. Um, I think uh, you're definitely going to be able to sell him right now um, than than what uh, he's probably actually worth. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. I think Chris Collinsworth mentioned, you know, he just looks old out there. He was he was. You think of Adrian Peterson. You think of Minnesota Vikings. He, him being like 20 yards back from the quarterback, just getting a head full of steam and literally using his head as a battering ram through the line and exploding into the secondary. There's a there's you know four or five things in there that aren't going to happen anymore. Exploding into the secondary, you know, he, I just don't think he has any juice left. Um, he was running with a high pad level, uh, which Chris Collinsworth pointed out. And if he doesn't get a touchdown in this game, he scores 3.6 fantasy points on 11 touches. That's not good enough, Kevin. And I think Jeremy McNichols looked better. I think Devonta, Deonta Foreman looked better. Um yeah, if you can get anything from him, anything, I think you you trade him this week. Hope someone gets suckered into the narrative of it all. How, and um, let, let's yeah. keep on and going to a guy that I know that you have, and uh, I'm curious to hear Stefan Diggs. Is that a guy that you know you're you're trying to acquire elsewhere, or is he a guy that since you have him? You're, you're kind of shopping around, seeing what the price is, seeing if you can get a good deal. Yeah, Kevin, I've been – you're right. I have him in a couple leagues, and he's been just very disappointing, Kevin. And the number one stat that, that you know, kind of stands out to me is his average depth of target. It's at, it's at 11, which is respectable. Um, but if you look at these, you know, superstar superstars, they're – getting the ball, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, they're getting the ball deeper throws down the field. Stefan Diggs has never been a touchdown guy, but being outscored by Emmanuel Sanders this year is definitely not something I expected when I drafted him <laughs> number 12 overall. Uh, Cole Beasley has been um, out-targeting him the past few games, which is just kind of asinine, if you ask me. Um Cole Beasley had 11 targets to Stefan Diggs, eight. Emmanuel Sanders even equaled Stefan Diggs in targets. Um, he's not leading the team in air yards. Uh, that's been Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so, so what is Diggs's piece? It's not not Cole Beasley, who's your chain mover, five six yard dump off guy, but it's also not Emmanuel Sanders, who's getting the deep shots. So, where does Diggs fit in? Six targets around 10 yards. People spent first round, early second round picks on this guy. If I'm an owner, which I am, I'm actually going to try to sell him, Kevin. And I know that's a ridiculous thing to say through nine weeks of the season, but his name is so big and he does score 15, 16 points a week that I think you can get some heavy value for him and maybe go for a guy like DeAndre Swift coming off a bye. Maybe the owner has, you know, googly eyes at Stefan Diggs, gives you DeAndre Swift for him. 
and, and you're thinking, oh, I drafted DeAndre Swift in the third round. He drafted Diggs in the first round. Maybe you can get some some huge value uh, trading him away. Yeah, he's a guy that was a top five wide receiver last year, and people remember that. People remember when, oh, yes, remember when Stefan Diggs had 13 catches and 130 yards? I want that guy. Um, so I'm I'm right with you. I'm probably selling him, too. He's just not getting force-fed like we saw last year when he was a top five wide receiver. Um, only has one game so far with more than 11 targets, which 11, 11 targets is a lot. But he had five of those last year, and I don't see him getting to five again this year. Um, without him getting the touchdowns, which hasn't really been his game since he's been in Buffalo, you you need the volume um, in, in those midfield targets. And he, he, he hasn't been that guy that when Josh Allen needs a first down, he's going to Stefan Diggs whether he's open or not. You want to hear a spooky Stefan Diggs stat, Kevin? I love stats, and I love spooky stats especially. Emmanuel Sanders has outsnapped Stefan Diggs in the last four weeks. Ooh. That is That's spooky if you're a spooky. Stefan Diggs owner. That's spooky if you're a Stefan Diggs owner, Kevin. I mean, four weeks in a row that Emmanuel Sanders is out there and Diggs is not? What possibly could Brian Dabble be thinking? I have no idea. Beats me. But um, with that said, we are a couple guys who know what we want to do. And we're going to hop down in the bunker and talk about war room fantasy strategy. This, this is just general strategy. How do you kind of manage your team? How do you manage a league? How do you manage uh, making trades, all that stuff we've talked about? Um, what do we want to talk about today in the war room, Kevin? So this week in the war room, I want to know, what do you look for in the streamer? Um, so, you know, you always have that, that roster construction where you know you have five guys, hopefully, in your flex positions that you feel good about, but inevitably buys, injuries hit, and you need to fill those in. When you go to the waiver wire, what are you looking for in a, in a streamer? Yeah, I think a lot of this also kind of spans back to your draft, right? So who are you, what kind of guys are you drafting at the end of your bench? Um, I think me and you both go for more, um, you know, high ceiling options. So I drafted, I went pretty wide receiver heavy in almost all my drafts this year. So a lot of the end of my benches are guys like Tony Pollard, Alex Madison, um, handcuffs, right? Guys that if they if I if, if something goes right are RB ones. There's another draft strategy, and that's drafting guys like James White or um, guys like Giovanni Bernard, which I also drafted. Terrible pick. Um, but if you have those type of guys, you probably don't need to worry about streamers too much, right? Because they're on your bench. Um, you these are guys probably a streamable guy. Yeah, they're, they're guys that have a guaranteed, you know, five-point floor. They're going to get you five points every week. When I look at streamers, there's a lot of things to look at. Number one, and I think you might have mentioned this at some point today. You know, it's long time recording, Kevin, but um, who are they playing? Are they playing the Tennessee Titans and you're a wide receiver? All right, fire that bad boy up. 
Absolutely. Are you facing the Washington Redskins? All right. Fire all your guys up. Um, now, once again, I, I'm on a com- completely bad cold streak with streamers, flex plays, everything. But I had to stream three guys this week. Three different positions. I had to stream a quarterback. I had to stream a tight end. And I had to stream a wide receiver. A guy I drafted, and we've talked about, I drafted Tyler Boyd to just be a safe wide receiver for me and potentially more. Um, But what he has not been this week is a streaming candidate. He faced Cleveland, which was, you know, not good or not a good matchup. But he wasn't facing Denzel Ward on every play. He was facing their slot corner. He was also in a very positive game script, which I thought could possibly happen. Um, Did not work out. Derek Carr played the New York Giants, who, you know, have been mid-pack in defending quarterbacks this year. Derek Carr, you know, just a shit game overall, 16-23. Doesn't work out. Now, Pat Fryermuth, I have seen been trending up. The Bears don't guard tight ends very well. Scores two touchdowns in this game. Great streamer. Hit and miss, right, though, Kevin? Yeah, definitely. Um, I I think you're hitting on the right points with what to look for. First thing that I'm looking for is who do they play. Honestly, I'm going who plays the Titans this week? Um, Who who plays the Washington football team this week? Um, and, And trying to find those receivers because... Those defenses have given up the most points to wide receivers, and I don't care about after this week. I don't care about matchups beyond this. I care about this week, who's going to have the best opportunity. Um, So looking at who they play, looking at over-unders, is this supposed to be a high-scoring game according to Vegas? If it is, you know, uh, boost a couple points for him. Um, I I want that guy in my lineup. So looking at... um, Opportunity with um, uh, who, who they're playing, as well as you know, opportunity with uh, over/unders. Is it supposed to be a positive game script? That sort of thing. Absolutely, I, lo- I love uh, what you said there. Looking at the over/under, um, the implied totals, right? So, if a game is supposed to be at 50, and uh, you know the Rams are favored by five points. Well, you can kind of do the math there, Kevin, right? And, and Okay, so the Rams are ticketed for 30 points in this game. Well, it's probably a good thing for Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Daryl Henderson. Okay, the the total tonight uh, for the Bears-Steelers, um, I think, was it was low, right? 42 or something? Really um, so, you know, Najee Harris... 16 points. Didn't really have a good game. Well, you could probably expect that. Their implied total was 20 points. So there's not enough touchdowns to go around, especially when Pat Fryermuth is scoring two of them. I think, you know, I haven't looked at the stats yet, but I'm pretty sure uh, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson did not have good games tonight. No, they Um, didn't. And so low implied total, low fantasy points around. Unfortunately, if you own Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool, those points were soaked up by Najee and Pat Fryermuth. Uh, if you're on the Bears' side, Dar- Darnell Mooney. 
Um, so looking at those totals, looking at the defense, obviously, are they trending in the right way, getting the targets, getting the touches? Uh, you can't always predict that stuff, but um, I got a great question on our on our Twitter. Start Carlos Hyde or Devonta Freeman? I got it. I said Hyde. Devonta Freeman ends up scoring more points. That's because he scored a fluky touchdown where no one guarded him in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Carlos Hyde had more touches. So yes, was I wrong? No, but the process is right. Who got more touches? You know, Carlos Hyde. Well. If he would have scored a touchdown with one of those touches, it would have looked like the better pick. So touchdowns, touches, defense, all these things. Now let's pivot to the next one. Um, this is a, you know, I hate doing this. And I think you do too, Kevin. But you, in most leagues, unfortunately, you have to play a kicker and a defense. My number one rule uh, before you get to kind of how you determine – which kicker or defense to play. My number one rule, never, ever, in any circumstances, never, ever, ever roster more than one kicker or defense. I don't care. I don't care if you have the 85 Bears as your fancy defense. If you drop an actual playable, you know, flex position player for a defense and roster two defenses in one week, Shame on you, Kevin. Shame, shame, shame. You know, I, 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 uh, I totally agree with you. Unless you have the 2019 Patriots, which outscored just about every other defense by about twice as much, it felt like, um, which I was guilty of owning and owning two defenses at one time. Um, but that did lead me to a, a second place finish that year. So um, sometimes there are exceptions to the rule, but I, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, your flex players are where your upside lies. Kickers and defense, 99% of the time, with very rare exception, um, are just too jam-packed and, and equal for it to really matter if it's one defense or over the other until you start looking at it on a week-to-week basis. Um, and, you know, where this, where this question, I think, goes with how you determine kicker or defense to roster and play, you... Um, can I, I think manipulate it a little bit and bit and and find a better kicker one week over the next and you know sometimes that's the difference in a matchup generally not but um, I will swap around kickers and defenses if if the opportunity is there um, and the process for that is mainly knowing the league settings if it's two two points per sack I'm instantly sorting by you know um, Vegas's uh, um, lines for defense sack totals, and I'm picking, you know, the top defense. Or if I know that they're facing a, a tough offensive or a poor offensive line, I, I'm firing up that defense. If your kicker settings are set to basically any field goals worth three points, you know, I'm just gonna go find the guy that kicks the most extra points, um, and then potentially field goals. Field goals are tough to predict, but um, if it's weighted heavily for long, long, long field goals. Then I'm narrowing my search to, you know, your McManus's, Zerlines, and Gays. Um, it, it really matters, I think, knowing your settings, and then that helps develop that process that you're talking about. And I don't know what you said about the gays, but we love all LGBTQ+. <laughs> we uh, love people. all the gays, definitely. 
And Matt Gase. I think you're talking about Matt Gase specifically, but yeah. Um, Kevin, I think we talked about it a lot, just about you know picking a streamer, but this fits, right? So streamers, you're, you're streaming a kicker or defense. Look at Vegas. Vegas makes money because they usually get the totals pretty damn right. Do I want a kicker in a game that's going to score 39 points? Or do I want a kicker in a game that's going to score 50 points? Well, even if it's a bunch of touchdowns, my guy could still get five, six points on extra points. And then you throw in a couple field goals in there, you have yourself a really nice kicker week. In defense, well, shoot, I really want one of the defenses in the 39-point spread game. Absolutely. Because... Yeah, over under over game because they're not going to give up many points. You know, Vegas is not Vegas because they are very wrong about scores. I don't know what gremlin wizard does all that for them. I think that will remain one of life's biggest mysteries is how they are so accurate at this shit. But they are. And and so you've got to follow that. And it's a great tool uh, in fantasy football. 100 uh, percent follow vegas i think that's a good takeaway all right well let's climb out of the bunker um uh, you know uh, you put it on the grocery list i think we need some more uh more bush light down the down the bunker just keep yeah. emptying the emptying the tank um that's the strategy article hopefully you got something useful out of that you know, how to find a streamer uh, hopefully you're using vegas totals now maybe if you weren't before it's a very useful tool for streaming. Um, and maybe go out there and trade yourself for a little Devin Singletary. Get him on your roster for a couple weeks. Um, Kevin, strategy episode. Love it. Definitely a favorite, 100%. And if you guys have any any strategy tidbits that you're looking to learn more about, definitely tweet at Mo McGee FFL. Um, love, love to bring it on um, and, and talk about it on the pod. Absolutely. Look for Sunday mornings. We're going to be giving out fancy football advice on Twitter. Tweet out our flex plays on Friday. And as always, throughout the week, we're looking for for questions. We're looking for tweets. Tweet at us. We will answer. See you, folks. See you.